the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. All right, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. It's nine minutes after nine o'clock on this Tuesday. It's the fourth morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. Appreciate you being with us. Congressman Jim Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, will be joining us at about 9.35, so we're looking forward to that conversation. Obviously, the topic that we're going to be discussing is the um, indictment of President Trump and his arraignment today. It's going to be held this afternoon. Right now, New York City is a circus. New York City, downtown in Manhattan, is an absolute circus as um, President Trump will be apparently arraigned on 34 charges today, brought forth by that grand jury under the leadership of the politically driven, persecuting district attorney uh, Alvin Bragg the Soros-funded district attorney, who only became district attorney because he promised during his campaign that he would get Donald Trump. Not exactly in those words, but pretty doggone close to those words. It is exactly what they wanted. 
That means he did not come in, see evidence of a crime, and then make a decision. He made a decision before he ever was involved and thought of this. Uh, he made the decision that he was going to be coming in to get Donald Trump. He knew that would play well with left-wing Manhattan and New York City voters. And indeed, he was right. It did. And now he is uh, fulfilling his promise and has indicted President Trump on 34 charges, which is pretty astounding. Um, everybody knows what this is. I don't want to rehash everything. I want to try to talk about where it's headed, much more so than uh, what has already happened. I think everybody knows what has happened here. You know, whether you believe Donald Trump had an affair with the porn star, which is pretty easy to believe given his his track record with marriages and infidelities and so on and so forth, whether you believe that or not, is literally irrelevant to this case because guess what adultery is? Not illegal. If you believe Donald Trump paid her money to be quiet about it so his wife didn't find out, even if you believe that, guess what paying hush money to somebody is in a private contractual agreement? Not illegal. The only possible way for them to bring charges is to say that he used campaigns fund, uh, campaign funds to make said payment and, uh, and then lie about it, falsifying records. It's the only way. And even if you believe that happened, it is only a misdemeanor. It is only a misdemeanor punishable by a fine. The rest of this is exactly what we have said it would be from the beginning. 100,000% political. Trying to take down not just a former president that they hate, but most importantly, a presidential candidate who is the leader of the opposition party. Look, let me ask you this. And by the way, we're going to have a very, very wide open forum today. Open lines on the issue of the Trump indictment. Whatever you want to say, whether you want to talk about supporting him, not supporting him, the persecution, what our response should be, I, I don't care. If you want to speak about it from a legal perspective, we. by the way, I apologize, speaking of legal, legal perspectives, it just dawned on me to remind you that Peter Kersenow is not in today. Peter has a family situation. He is hopefully, no, in fact, he is definitely going to be on uh, with us on uh, Thursday. Thursday at 11.10, uh, Peter Kirshenau will make his weekly appearance. But he has uh, got some things today. So no legal perspective from Pete today. I welcome them from anybody else who's an attorney who's got some thoughts on this. But very, I very much would like to hear from you uh, pretty much on an open lines type of um, uh, format today on President Trump and what they are doing to him. So let's go back to that. Let's go back to what they are doing to him. He is, And I'll ask you this very, very basic question. I think we're all going to agree on the answer. If Donald Trump was not running for a president again, if he was not running for the office of president again, do you think Alvin Bragg pursues this ridiculous charge? Do you think he presents this case to a grand jury for a possible indictment? And I think if you ponder it for just, I don't know, a second and a half, you'd say, of course not, because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous on its face. It is ridiculous in the eyes of the law. The presumption of guilt, uh, literally at every level of this, it is intended to stop him from potentially running, well, he is already running, potentially winning the presidency. That's what it's all about. If he is not a candidate for president right now, there is no indictment. And that, to me, it, it's that's what screams political corruption. 
and as yesterday, we talked about this in some depth. That's what screams election interference. What this is, is, is literally election interference, an attempt to stop a candidate from being able to get votes, to be able to run in a primary, to be able to run in a general election, to try to stop him. And this, of course, is partisan in nature because Alvin Bragg is a left-wing Marxist Democrat, and he wants the left-wing Marxist Democrat candidate for president, whether it's Joe Biden again or anybody else, to have an easy road to the White House. And so the best thing to do is to take out the guy who may be the biggest threat. That's electional interference, and there's no, there's no disputing that. There's no other way to get around that. President Trump responded last night to the um, leaking of 34 counts, 34 uh, count indictment to the media by saying that Alvin Bragg should indict himself and he should resign. The report came last night, uh, said the former president has been charged with 34 felony counts for falsification of business records, according to a source. The charge of falsification of business records is normally prosecuted in New York State as a misdemeanor. But Bragg's office bumped up all the charges to Class E felonies, the lowest level of felonies in the New York State Penal Code, on the grounds that the conduct was intended to conceal another underlying crime. Well, what underlying crime would that be? There isn't one. Under the New York State Penal Code, a conviction for a Class E felony of falsifying business records can result in a prison term of up to four years. But as a practical matter, that seems extremely unlikely. No one gets jail time for that as a first offense, said a New York's New York law enforcement official. The evidence for the underlying crime that escalated Trump's alleged misdemeanors to, to felonies is still not clear and won't be until the indictment is unsealed on Tuesday. That, of course, is this afternoon. But it is believed to relate to the payment of $130,000 to porn star Stormy Daniels, blah, 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 blah. Shortly after the report went live, President Trump posted on his Truth Social account that Bragg illegally leaked those indictments. Quote, wow, District Attorney Bragg just illegally leaked the various points and complete information on the pathetic indictment against me. I know the reporter, and so unfortunately does he, the former president wrote. This means that he must be immediately indicted now. If he wants to really clean up his reputation, he will do the honorable thing, and as district attorney, indict himself. He will go down in judicial history, and his Trump-hating wife will be, I'm sure, very proud of him. I don't know anything about Alvin Bragg's wife, but I'll take his word for it. D.A. Bragg just illegally leaked the 33-point indictment President Trump uh, wrote on Truth Social. There are no changes. Uh, or surprises from those he leaked days ago directly out of the grand jury. No crime by Trump. What a mess. Bragg should resign now. End quote. Those are the two Trump social uh, posts by President Trump last night. Uh, it was also reported yesterday that President's court appearance today will be a spectacle, uh, but it will not, will not uh, include handcuffs and a mugshot. President Trump will not have to wear handcuffs to the courtroom. He will not be, uh, uh, you know, have mugshots taken as well. Quote, Trump was offered a chance to surrender quietly and be arraigned over Zoom, according to a law enforcement official. However, the former president instead wanted to have a midday high profile at the Manhattan courthouse. I don't blame him. I would, too. They're going to pursue a political persecution and then expect to do it on the down low? No. Let the country see this ridiculous attack, this political maneuver. Let them see it 
for I want everybody to watch it. I want everybody to see how ridiculous. I want cameras in those courtrooms. They're not going to be there today, by the way. For the arraignment, the judge has already ruled this morning there will be no live TV cameras allowed in the courtroom for the arraignment. But I hope if this thing goes to a trial, and it probably will not, it'll probably be dismissed before it ever gets there because it is so flimsy and so weak. But I, if there is a trial, I heard I heard Hugh Hewitt this morning talking about the OJ spectacle. I want full OJ. I want full. OJ 24-7 coverage. Because I want the entire country to see what the Democrats have done here. I want them to see the flimsiest case in the history, in the history of jurisprudence involving an elected official, much less a candidate for office. I want everybody to see it. I don't want them to be able to do this on the down low and then, you know, when it's dismissed, it's all real quiet. I want there to be a massive display, a spectacle. President Trump said he wants to show up in person, not do this via Zoom, because he wants everyone to see it. And he's spot on right. Law enforcement official acknowledged this would be a nightmare for the Secret Service because they could only strongly suggest what the former president should do at his arraignment and not order him around. Well, that's that's the take that complaint to Alvin Bragg. Take that complaint to the Democrat Party. Take that complaint to Joe Biden, to the DNC, to George Soros, because that's what is is in play here. So President Trump will be indicted this afternoon. It will be in person. And, and he hopes that there will be a massive turnout of people to watch it. Obviously, not to protest it in so far as getting anybody into any kind of a trouble, any kind of trouble, any kind of a you know dangerous situation, a legal situation. Just if you want to show up to watch it, watch it. If you want to carry signs, carry signs. If you want to chant, chant, but leave it there. Stop it there. Let's be reasonable. Let's be responsible. Let's not give the left any room whatsoever to blame him like they did on January 6th. They continued to blame, and I'll never get over this. I'm sorry, I'll never get over it. I'll never forgive this. When they continued to blame Donald Trump for the January 6th insurrection, saying he incited it with his speech, when his speech quite literally said, "Clear, uh, cheer on the senators. We're going to walk down to the Capitol, and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. If they can blame him for the January 6th violence and the the riot, it did become a riot in parts of the Capitol. But if they can blame him for that, after that speech, then imagine what they can blame him for if if things get out of hand and out of control in Manhattan today. So I want everybody to be responsible and be respectful, and so does President Trump as he goes in there to face this political persecution, hiding and masking as a criminal prosecution. And there's a huge, huge difference there. So I want it all on the record. I want it all on camera. I want the whole world to see what is being done to him because it is so criminal in its um, uh, in its existence, talking about the persecution, not President Trump's actions, but the persecution. So, having said that, how do Americans feel about this? Well, a pretty good-sized survey 
according to a CNN poll, so take that for what it's worth, the majority of Americans believe that President Trump should be indicted. They support the indictment. But an overwhelming it was about 60%, by the way, so 60-40. An overwhelming number of them believe that it's political, that it's not in the criminal justice code. It is political, 76%. And this is of CNN respondents. Now, I'm not accusing CNN of push-polling, but CNN push-polls. <laughs> and CNN respondents, 76% of them believe that he's being prosecuted here for political reasons. That's hilarious. Think about that for just a moment. 76% say politics played a role in the decision to indict Trump. So if even CNN viewers, which means left-wing Marxist supporters, largely, see that what is being done to Donald Trump has nothing to do with the criminal justice system, and that Alvin Bragg is misusing and abusing his office to carry out political hit jobs, on opponents, political opponents of the Democrats. Uh, If even they can see it, then for crying out loud, why are we here? So there's so much more to get into here. Uh, I've got Jim Jordan coming up at the bottom of the hour, after the bottom of the hour, but this is going to be a largely open thread today. I want to know what you think about the entire... You can talk about the... the, um, indictment itself you can talk about the charges you can talk about the potential penalties you can talk about alvin bragg's history you can talk about the what the jury might see you can talk about the cameras and the coverage of this you can talk about the leaking of the indictment 34 counts i don't care what you have to say we're going to make this a largely open thread today on what happened and what is happening with this persecution of the former president and the current candidate leading candidate for the republican nomination uh for president of the united states of america 216-901-0945-888-281-1110 will be the number. Uh, we'll take a short time out after I ask you to do what we do each and every morning. Let's stand. Face the flag. Put your hand on your heart. Join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are a believer in political persecution, masking as criminal prosecution, well, those stars and those stripes don't mean much to you anyway. You are exempted from the request to pledge your allegiance to that flag. You may instead kneel before it next to your favorite unemployed quarterback. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 925 Always Right Radio, coming right back on AM 1420, The Answer. So Congressman Jim Jordan will be joining us in about seven minutes or so. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. They are uh, coming for him, too, by the way, and many others who are supportive of President Trump, uh, and, and they're doing everything they can to try to take bites out of their credibility. For example, the disgraced uh, former FBI agent Peter Strzok uh, spent yesterday on MSNBC claiming that Donald, or excuse me, that uh, Jim Jordan was inciting incidents of violence for saying that we should defund the FBI. They're claiming that Jim Jordan is misusing and abusing the Committee on the Judiciary in the House, where he is, of course, the chairman, by creating the Weaponization Subcommittee, and that these are all things that are aimed at uh, um, uh, inciting violence against the government, which is just 
pretty freaking hysterical and hilarious when you consider who that's coming from. Peter Strzok did more, along with his cohorts and along with his former director, James Comey, did more to destroy uh, the credibility of the federal government that really anybody has, I don't know, at least in my lifetime. But they're coming after Jim Jordan. They're blaming him for inciting violence. And, of course, Jim Jordan is not one to back down. He'll join us coming up here in just a few. We're going to talk about the indictment today, or the indictment and the arraignment today of President Trump and what this means for all Americans particularly for Republicans, because it's true. If they're coming for him, they can absolutely come for you and for me. I have no doubt about that. Let's talk about it on Always Right Radio with Jim Jordan next, AM 1420, The Answer. Keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 936 now, Always Right Radio. I am 1420 The Answer. Thanks so much for being with us. It's Tuesday, uh, so it's a little odd, but it's uh, it's great to have him whenever we can get him. Jim Jordan is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He is, uh, of course, the uh, fourth uh, congressional district representative here in the state of Ohio, and he is one of the strongest supporters of President Trump and one of the uh, strongest opponents of political corruption. And both of those things are getting married today in an arraignment. Congressman Jordan, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm, f- I'm fine, Bob. Uh, good morning to you. Hope uh Hope Easter week's going well for you, uh, but uh, good to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you, too, sir. I wish it was going well for all of us in this country. This is such a travesty that is going on right now. And yeah. um, I want to I lead with the stat that I gave before uh, we went to our bottom-of-the-hour break before you came on. 60% of CNN, I shouldn't say CNN viewers. It was a poll conducted by CNN. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, mm-hmm. whether they push poll or not. I don't know. But CNN uh, conducted a poll. 60% of their respondents um, uh, said that uh, they agree with the indictment of President Trump. 76% of them said, though, they believe it's political. So they are they are okay, it would appear, with a political yeah, persecution yeah. masquerading as a criminal prosecution. I think that's pretty eye-opening when we're talking about respondents to a CNN poll. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, um, and it's, it's scary. It's I mean, you can pick what. I mean, this is a sad day, I think, for us uh, overall because, uh, I mean, we know this is political. I mean, we, we, I said this, I think, last week on your show. But look, the Department of Justice wouldn't bring an action, wouldn't bring a, a, a wouldn't indict here. The, the previous DA, Five Ants, wasn't going to indict because it's such a poor case, such a ridiculous case. Um, and even Alvin Bragg himself wasn't going to do it until a couple of his assistants resign. They go throw a fit. They get everyone stirred up. One of them, Pomerantz, Mr. Pomerantz, writes a book, and then Alvin Bragg suddenly decides, oh, he's going to do it. Um, I think there's a host of reasons. I think that, I think the fact that, you know, crime is such a, a mess there, and he's he's let so many, uh, you know, felonies, has, has taken him down to misdemeanors and, and, and had such a problem. And then, of course, I think the biggest thing is President Trump decided he was going to run. So all that, but then all of a sudden he changed everything and he decides he's going to do this. Um, it makes no sense, and it's it's political and it's total election interference. So that's that's the problem. Yeah, and you know that that's. I'm glad you said those words. I was talking about this at length yesterday. Do you believe, Congressman Jordan, that if President Trump had not announced that he was going to run for president again, that there would be any charges being brought against him right now? I don't believe there would be. No, I don't. I think that's the. I think that's the fundamental change that's happened. <clears throat> why Mr. Bragg went from not bringing the case to bringing the case. 
um, you know, why they're why they're determined to use what would be the worst witness possible, Michael Cohen, uh, if you can believe it, the press reports. I mean, I, I think I talked to you before, Michael Cohen, when he came in front of the Oversight Committee four years ago, lied uh, six times. We did a, we, we hardly ever do these, but we did a criminal referral to the Justice Department. We said, here's what he said. Michael Cohen even said in that hearing, he said he didn't want to work for the president. When he when you know after 2016 when President Trump wins he said he didn't want to work in the White House like of course he did. he was trying to he's calling everyone trying to work there but he says just a flat out lie and uh, and a host of others in front of Congress um, and of course that's their that's their main witness uh, again if you can if you can believe the the press yeah, reports surrounding what this indictment is yeah which is uh, uh, that's astounding in and of itself given the fact that his own attorney uh, Cohen's attorney said that there were you know in that letter that there was no uh, uh payment uh repayment for for anything given to Stormy Daniels so um try to, I, far be it for me to try to ask you to make sense out of the senseless but but I I want to see if you can because I think we all need to try to understand what is going on here so the falsification of business records, which is the charge, or one of the, I don't know where they get 34 charges from, 34 counts in this indictment, but, but the fa- charge of falsification of business records is normally prosecuted in New York State as a misdemeanor, and I'm quoting from uh, a Yahoo yep. report on Monday. But the off- Bragg's office bumped all of those charges to Class E felonies um, on the ground that the conduct in the falsification of the business records, is intended to conceal another underlying crime. No one has heard what that underlying crime is, and apparently we're not going to find out until the arraignment today. But, but right. to, my, to your understanding, Congressman, is it illegal to enter in a contractual arrangement with somebody to, uh, to, to remain silent, to not go public, to not discuss something? Obviously, they call it hush money, but paying somebody to, to not disclose something that is personal is not a crime, as far as I understand it, is it? No, and and understand what, again based on what's been reported, we think the under what what they're trying to do is say, okay, this was this was a business record thing. That's only a misdemeanor. Statute of limitations is run, but because it was done to to um, to mask a a different crime, which would be a felony, that is that they're saying that's what we're going after him. And supposedly that that the felony is a campaign finance violation, a federal campaign finance violation, which makes no sense because this would be the first time someone's going to get indicted for a campaign finance violation when they didn't spend campaign funds. Right. It makes no sense to me. So I don't know how you bootstrap this so-called misdemeanor, this bookkeeping problem, into uh, uh, this bookkeeping concern. I don't even know if that, I don't even know if that was a, uh, a misdemeanor. Um, but they're going to try to bootstrap that into some campaign financing. I think when you boil it all down, it is, it is literally, and I hate, you hate to say this, but I think it is a hatred. I think it's a revenge. I think it's like they're, they're, they've been so out to get President Trump they first they spied on his campaign, then they raid his home. Now they indict him for a campaign finance violation when he doesn't even spend campaign funds. It's like that makes no sense to nobody. Um, but this is at least appears what's going to happen later this afternoon. Well, Alvin Bragg pretty much ran for his position, and everybody likes to call him a Soros-linked or Soros-supported uh, uh, district attorney. And that's because he got a ton of money from George Soros's organizations, not from Soros personally, but the organizations. And um, he he ran and and got I think those funds by saying I'm going to get the former president. Not yeah. in those words. That's a yeah. paraphrase. But but I mean this this guy is literally right now paying the debt to those who financed his campaign. He can't not indict. He cannot not pursue what Cy Vance dropped because it's the only reason he has his job right now. If that isn't, uh, you ask me. That's more of a crime than any. Think they're even accusing Donald Trump of yeah, that's Yeah, that's not how prosecutors are supposed to behave. Uh, and yes, he did that. He said, you know, I'm the one most equipped to get Trump and all. I think those, those are kind of the statements he made yeah. when he was campaigning. 
campaigning for the office. But frankly, that's been a pattern with Democrats. I mean, there 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 are members here in Congress who said, "Let you know, I should chair the committee because I'm best to uh, you know." The Democrats uh, said, "Because I'd be the best one to to handle an impeachment of President Trump." I mean, it's all about, and it, it that that to me is what is so troubling. It, this this uh, again, I would call it, I guess, revenge or this 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 hatred that they have for President Trump, I think it's driven by, because he came in and shook the place up. He came in and actually fought for the American people and not for the, the swamp, the establishment, the, whatever you want to call this place. So mm-hmm. um, I think deep down, that's what drives so much of this. Um, and it's, I, and, I, I don't and, think it's and, as and much it's, revenge, Congressman Jordan, uh, as it is what you said at the, the outset of our conversation. It's election interference. It's not revenge for yeah. past actions. It's to prevent him from being able to become president again. True. Um, True. And it and it's, I think it's also an attack on all of us. I, I don't think it's an accident that the, the same week we learn that the IRS knocked on a journalist's door while that journalist was testifying in front of Congress uh, to send a little message, it seems to me, is the same week that you know we learned they're going to indict President Trump. Uh, it's it's a it's a few weeks after we learned the FTC was asking the private company who are the journalists you're talking to. I mean, it's this attack on anybody in this country who stands up and goes against the grain, goes against the establishment, goes against uh, the folks who think they run this country. Um, it's and that's scary in and of itself. Briefly, Congressman, we found out this morning uh, the judge has said there will be no cameras in court, no live cameras in court uh, for this arraignment today. And I don't know if that means if there is to be a trial. I can't imagine there will be a trial. I think this is going to be dismissed sooner rather than later because there's just nothing on its face for them to really to, to, to charge him with. But but there are going to be no cameras. Uh, I, I hope there are cameras at every single. I want this to be OJ style coverage because I want the entire world to see what political persecution, masking as criminal prosecution looks like. I want everybody to see the facts and say, "Wait, what? This is what they charged him with. This is what they brought, uh, you know, brought against him." I, I want every. I want full transparency here. How about you? Yeah, I think I, I think transparency is always good, and um, uh, frankly, I think if we see this. Um, maybe it'll send a message to the whole country. Like, look, look if, if we're going to go down this route, uh, road, um, I, I remember that uh, Kim Strassel's piece in the journal uh, a couple of weeks ago where she said, until now, every prosecutor understood that, there, that, that you, you didn't cross this Rubicon, is the term she used. This was, this yeah. was, there was a national risk in crossing this Rubicon, I think is the exact language she, she used. And it was like, because... You know, what's next? Is some prosecutor, think about it, is some prosecutor in South Bend, Indiana, going to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I've found something that Pete Buttigieg did wrong, where he, he did a, he jaywalked, and we're going to bootstrap that into, I mean, I, I don't know what the example would be, but you, you know there's going to be a conservative prosecutor somewhere go after a Democrat, and we don't want that either. That, that, that is not how this is supposed to work, but that's the environment that is now being set up because Alvin Bragg and the left are so determined to keep President Trump out of the White House that they're willing to do this. Quick follow-up on that, Congressman. Um, Former Attorney General Bill Barr used the same language. I want you to hear this. Uh, And the real danger of this thing over the long term isn't so much narrowed to Trump. It's that now we have thousands of DAs around the country, now that the Rubicon has been crossed. Uh, any one of them can sort of find federal candidates or, or someone in, or federal office holders and so forth yep. can find some state law they want to pursue the person on and get themselves into the national political arena. So the ramifications of this, as he used that same language about crossing the Rubicon, it's so extensive. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 dangerous, and you know it's it's going to be you know at some point some conservative, I, I assume Republican prosecutor in Arkansas or or Alabama or some conservative location is going to find some federal official who's a Democrat and figure out you know they had some business nexus here, they had something mm-hmm. here, and they're gonna they're gonna figure out a way to do it. Um, and that's not healthy for our culture, not healthy for our country. No, it is not. It's also not healthy for the uh, for the left to try to demonize those who are supporting President Trump. You are one of the most outspoken supporters of President Trump. You have called for Alvin Bragg uh, to testify before your committee. You have called for uh, all documents to be turned over to look at, into this you know political persecution. By the way, before I ask the question, can you tell us where that stands? He responded with uh, with with less than uh, you know cordiality. Well, he responded to the letter, and it's interesting in the letter, he, he conceded that they used federal funds in the prosecution here, in, in the Trump issue. So there's definitely the nexus there. There's the idea that this stemmed from the special counsel uh, investigation, the Mueller investigation, which we, we, you know, the special counsel statute, the federal statute, there's that relationship that that, that federal government would have here. And then there's the, the main one we've been talking about. This is, this is election interference at its finest, at its worst. Uh, where, 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 you know, they're doing this. I'm convinced, you're convinced, I think all your listeners are convinced, mm-hmm. because the President Trump has announced he's running for, for president. So, um, look, Mr. Bragg indicated in his letter he had that, that he'd like to answer questions we have. He wants to know what the question He's indicated he might be willing to meet with us. Uh, so we'll see where it goes from here. What I do know is everything is on the table uh, because we're talking about, again, something that has never happened in the history of our great country. That is exactly right. Congressman Jordan, I want to ask you this other question about taking out supporters, taking out the, the those who are who are backing President Trump in, in a number of ways. Because that's all I can think of when I see this headline. Peter Strzok, the disgraced former FBI agent that you spent a lot of time talking about uh, during uh, the Comey uh, administration of the FBI or version of the FBI, he said yesterday on MSNBC that you along with Marjorie Taylor Greene, are inciting violence. You're inciting incidents of violence by saying we should defund the FBI. Uh, it's such a bizarre thing to say. Um, I feel like it's nothing more than going after those who are supporting President Trump, but can you respond to what he said? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've ever said that. I said there are certain things we should look at the appropriations process. I don't want to defund the, the, the good agents who are doing <clears throat> good work around the country stopping crime. So I may have said something along those lines, but I, I'm sure I've not said we should just flat out defund the, the, the FBI. But the fact that the, the left does this kind of thing, it's, it's always like, oh, if you don't agree with me, we're going to say something, and you're, you're causing this problem. It, it's the typical left. Let's just have a real debate. Let's just focus on the facts. The facts are here. Alvin Bragg said he wasn't going to bring the case, changed his mind, decided to bring his case when the left put a bunch of pressure on him, even though he campaigned on you know, saying he was going to go after President Trump. There's all kinds of problems here. We know this is about political interference. Uh, or election interference, and this is all political. So uh, th- those are the facts. Peter Strzok can say what he wants, but I'm, I'm frankly, Bob, getting kind of used to the left saying something about me every day. That, well, they do. Out. Yeah, you're you 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 know, like, as the saying goes, you know, you're over the target when you take the kind of attacks that you are uh, from these people, and uh, and and clearly you're a threat to them. So, uh, last thing, Congressman Jordan, um, do you expect there will be any problems in New York City and Manhattan? Uh, Eric Adams said, "Hey, Trump support." He pretty much directed this at Trump supporters in MAGA. He said, "If you're going to come here and protest, uh, control yourselves because we are the safest big city." in america which which is comical but but it is extremely important to me that we have everything be peaceful and we don't have anybody blaming you know trump supporters or anybody else for a you know for a second version of of january 6th 
Yeah, we don't want any. I uh, certainly don't want any violence, uh, and we. Uh, I don't think there'll, there'll be anything, of, you know, any, anything like that. So um, I think people want to support President Trump. Uh, God bless from doing so. They're, 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 they should do that uh, peacefully. Um, you know, that's that's part of our First Amendment liberty. So, uh, but we certainly don't want any violence, and I don't think there'll be anything like that. Yeah, I worry. I worry not about the Trump supporters. I worry about them being attacked, and then, of course, clash backs. You know, fight fighting back uh, turns into something something terrible. But uh, but yeah. let's hope that let's hope that there is a bright spotlight on this today. They offered him the chance to uh, do this arraignment via Zoom and do it on the down low. I don't like that at all, and I'm so glad President said President Trump said no. I will come yeah. in and I want to be there because yeah. he wants everybody to see what is being done to him yeah. uh, without any yeah. cloak. You know, uh, you know, cloak of secrecy over the whole thing. So. Yeah. Um, Congressman Jordan, thank you for the time. I uh, appreciate you always, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, sir. All right. Take care, brother. Thank you. 951, time out. Always right radio, AM 1420, the answer. You know, there was uh, one element of the uh, Trump arraignment today that I did not discuss with Congressman Jordan, and hopefully we'll get a chance to do that again soon. Uh, and that is the gag order. The unconstitutional gag order that apparently is going to be in play and uh, uh, instituted by the judge. Um, Congressman Jordan, along who is the chairman of Judiciary, and James Comer from Kentucky, who's the chairman of Oversight, released a joint statement uh, on reports that the judge may impose a gag order. Quote, we are deeply concerned by reports the new the New York District Attorney may seek an unconstitutional gag order to put any restrictions on the ability of President Trump to discuss his mistreatment at the hands of this politically motivated prosecutor would only further demonstrate the weaponization of the New York justice system to even contemplate stifling the speech of the former commander in chief and current candidate for president as at odds with everything America stands for end quote um that statement is spot on. Probably doesn't go far enough, but they just had to make a brief statement. I'll say this to add on to it. <clears throat> a gag order of Donald Trump would be far worse than probably a gag order for any other potential defendant or any litigant in any any uh, criminal situation or any uh, any court situation. What I mean by that is this. There has never been an elected official who has been more mistreated by the press than than Donald Trump. I used to say that about George W. Bush, and it was true until along came Donald Trump. No one has ever been mistreated by the press more so than he. So if the press is going to write all kinds of misleading things, if they're going to write all kinds of, you know, um, anti-Trump articles and their coverage of this this arraignment and this trial process, if they're going to take all of these shots at him and say things that need and deserve a response, and Trump isn't allowed to respond, who will respond for him? You know what I mean? There's no one else who will be able to take up his own case better than Donald Trump can. There's nobody. So if they put a gag order on him and allow the press to go crazy and his political opponents to go crazy and making allegations of wild, ridiculous things that are untrue, and he's not allowed to respond to them publicly, who would respond on his behalf? That cannot happen. A gag order cannot happen. I'm glad uh, Congressman Jordan put that statement up. All right, we're coming up on hour number two, and in hour number two, 
wide open, open lines, open thread, if you will, on the indictment and the arraignment of President Donald J. Trump. I want your thoughts at 216-901-0945. Dial now, we'll get you up right out of the break. AM 1420, the You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, hour number two underway now. Loaded up and ready to rock. Uh, it's the uh, uh, Tuesday, the fourth morning of the fourth month, year of our Lord, 2023. You're probably wondering where's Kersenow. Kersenow has a personal situation today, uh, and he is going to be live with us on Thursday, making up his missed spot today at 11 o'clock on Thursday. We'll have him for the entire 11 o'clock, uh, three-quarter hour of the show. So we're looking forward to Peter. So today, replacing Peter Kersenow is you. We are going to be guest-free now. And I want to have an open conversation on the indictment of, the persecution of, the prosecution of, and today the arraignment of former President Donald J. Trump, who, again, at this point in time should be referred to as presidential candidate Donald J. Trump, because that is, and I'm sorry for beating this uh, drum, but that's the most important element of this case. It's what I talked about with Jim Jordan. We came back to it a couple of times. It's not about former President Trump. Oh, my gosh, they've indicted a former president. Is that unprecedented? Yes. Is that the main issue here? No, not by a long shot. The main issue here is that this man is the front runner for the nomination to become president in the upcoming election. Forget about what happened in the past to the extent that it, you know, that it, you know, equates to this particular situation. No, I'm not saying forget about his job he did as president or anything like that, but, but forget about his status as a former president. This is about silencing and trying to harm and stop the leader of the opposition party, the front runner for the nomination when the primary season gets underway, which it isn't even there yet. Uh, you've only got a couple of names in this race anyway. President Trump, of course. Um, uh, Nikki Haley, Asa Hutchinson is in now. He's a joke. Uh, and um, uh, Vivek, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who I think is a very, very good, strong young leader who's got a very bright future in politics, but obviously not at this moment. And then, of course, there, there's the uh, specter of Ron DeSantis getting into the race. But this is this is about the primary that hasn't even really begun yet and the leader of the opposition party uh, being silenced. They are They are coming after him, and this is textbook election interference i don't think there's any other way to say it it's not about former president trump it's about candidate donald j trump candidate for president of the united states that is being targeted in such ways with such a flimsy pathetically weak weak case that it's really hard to put into words so i want your thoughts uh no matter what they are about how you feel have you come around to donald trump if you were not necessarily supportive of him before are you still supportive of somebody else, but you are, like me, outraged at what is being done to him, in large part because of what it can mean for you know what is going to be done to you and to me? If they can target a political enemy or opponent and do this to him, then it is very, very likely that they will target and find other political opponents uh, and people who are much, much less 
prominent in stature than Donald J. Trump to uh, to come after as well, people like you and me. So uh, this is considered to be an open thread on the arraignment, the indictment, uh, the political persecution slash prosecution, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Now, will you make those calls, too? I want you to hear from some important people. Joseph Takapina is one of President Trump's attorneys. He just added another attorney, by the way, two nights ago, uh, one that I understand is uh, famous for his ability to get cases dismissed. He finds the holes in the charges themselves, much less trying to prove the innocence of the client. But uh, and, and personally, my own personal belief here as to what's going to happen, I think, yeah, I think it's going to get dismissed. I don't think it goes to a judge, a trial, a jury trial, or anything of, the, of that sort, or even a plea agreement. I think it's going to be something that is dismissed on its face, because that's how weak it is. But Joseph Takapina uh, was speaking on Hannity last night. He's one of Trump's attorneys, and he said, if this was not Donald Trump, there would not be a crime. And I completely concur. Same way I said to Jim Jordan, if Donald Trump was not running for, for office, this would not be a crime. This would not be a case brought against him. This is about stopping him from being president again, or at least even getting close to the nomination again. But here's Joseph Takapina. This is the oldest case in the books of, of all the things they were investigating. And it just strikes me as so incredibly odd that they're going to bring a case that's weak on the law, that's going to have um, problems surviving serious motions, um, that is this old, that is this petty, that has nothing to do with the election or the campaign, but was a personal civil settlement that's done every day, that was done between a lawyer and another lawyer when they orchestrated a, uh, a settlement arrangement that the president wasn't even privy to at the time. Uh, he didn't even sign the settlement agreement. And subsequently later, while he was already in office, his organization uh, paid some legal fees for that as, as they were invoiced. Um, it's amazing, amazing to think that this is a, a case that they believe falls under the FEC uh, rules and regulations, the Federal Election Committee's rules and regulations, and, and violates any of those laws. It does not, not by a long shot. And we've been with some terrific FEC people. Bradley Smith and I have spoken, and, and he's confirmed that. Um, so it is, it, I really just don't know where they think they're going to wind up here. If it was just to get the, you know, 15 minutes tomorrow to get him into a courtroom and whatnot. Who knows? So what attorney Joseph Takapina said there is extraordinarily important in the middle part, in which he said, they seem to think this falls under FEC, Federal Election Commission rules and regulations, that this would be a violation because campaign funds were used to, to write this settlement check to Stormy Daniels. And the natural response, I don't need to be a lawyer to be able to respond this way to that. If it was an FEC violation, then why isn't this a federal crime? If this is a Federal Election Commission violation, why isn't he being charged in a federal court? And the answer is, it isn't. So they can drop that nonsense right when they get into the courtroom today. They ought to kick that immediately. If it was a federal crime, it would be charged in a federal court, not in a Manhattan district court, by uh, uh, you know a left-wing prosecutor who came into office saying, I'm best equipped to go get Donald Trump. Now, I want to pivot over to another Joseph Takapina uh, argument or point here that is very, very important. Um, 
And this one wasn't wasn't with Hannity. This one was on, I believe, Newsmax. I can't swear to that one, but let's listen. (laughs) Since the indictment, most people get indicted. Um, And if they happen to be running for an office or something, that's sort of the end of their, their run and most likely their political career. Donald Trump gets indicted and his numbers go through the roof. He's raising more money. Um, than he had before, and that's simply because his, you know, his, his base, um, they are now fully aware that everything he was saying about the justice system being weaponized against him, about his political opponents taking action through the justice system, um, is coming to fruition. It's a, it's a real thing, and it's really happening, and that's what's scary. And so I think you're seeing the byproduct of that, the result of that. It may have backfired on them. Maybe they thought this was going to kneecap Donald Trump, but, you know, quite to the contrary. Yeah, it is to the contrary. As a matter of fact, yesterday I gave you the numbers uh, that President Trump's campaign raised $4 million in the first 24 hours after the indictment was announced. Uh, that total has been updated now. Uh, so far since the indictment, $7 million have been added to the Trump campaign coffers since the indictment. People are not having it. People are tired of it. I think not just diehard Trump supporters, but just believers in America and and the rule of law and the criminal justice system being applied evenly across all parties. I think people are sick and tired of not seeing that play out. Seven million dollars has been added to the Trump campaign since the indictment. It didn't hamstring him. It didn't hurt him. It had the reverse effect. It is strengthening him. And I think that's a beautiful message. Whether you support Donald Trump or not, you have to oppose this bastardization of the law for political gain. And that's what the left is doing here. We'll come back to Joseph Takapina. Uh, more from him in a minute. Let's go to uh, some phone calls. Uh, TJ is in Cleveland up first on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. You know, Bob, what I think, this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, that expression they used, you know, they crossed the Rubicon, and they did. And that means they've reached the point of no return. Now, this judge, he's hand-selected. He's not going to throw this out of court. Okay, even though the law is on Trump's side, this guy's a politician. He's not going to go back to his community, his liberal community, and say he's the judge that let Trump off the hook. Then they're going to select the liberal jury. And these jurists are going to be under the gun. Even though the evidence will show that Trump should be exonerated, they're not going to do it because they, they don't want to go home and face their liberal community as the ones that let Trump go. I believe they're going to take this to court. They're going to convict them. And this thing is not going to be settled until it's appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I hope that doesn't happen. But I, 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 in my feeling, I think that's going to happen. And, and what this does, it opens the door. Let's say in Arkansas, where Clinton was charged with rape by Juanita Broadwick when he was attorney general. Now, what if you get a conservative attorney general <clears throat> wants to bring up them old charges? And if I'm not you mistaken... Can't do that. You can't do that. I, I don't know if there's a statute on rape. Of course there is. Yeah, there's a huge statute is, is of limitations. Yeah, and it's long murder, gone. Murder yeah, there, rape. there would have been plenty of opportunity during the Lewinsky trial to go back to that. Uh, you know, and, uh, and and there were conservative, uh, you know, prosecutors and, and and judges and lawyers and everybody if something like that could happen. So let let's try to stay current. What you described, uh, uh, TJ. <clears throat> 
is I think worst case scenario. And, and I think what a lot of us tend to do when something is serious like this is we do. We imagine the worst case scenario. Um, I, I can't imagine that happening. I cannot imagine the Trump lawyers letting this ever get before a left wing Manhattan jury. Not a chance in hell. If the court, if the judge does not dismiss the case for lack of, uh, of, uh, founding and lack of, uh, of evidence, because that's what there is here. There's literally no evidence that we're aware of, according to virtually anybody, everybody who's associated with this. Um, if he doesn't kick it, um, and there is going to be, you know, a, a full court press of charges being put on him, then I believe a plea agreement would probably be something that is done in about two seconds, and that's going to be nothing more than a fine, which is exactly what misdemeanors of this sort, according to lawyers, including Trump's lawyers, say uh, is is standard, uh, and that is a fine. Uh, if you you know, if there's a uh, question about where are funds to pay somebody for whatever the reason was, uh, you know, in play, uh, it's punishable by a fine, and that's all it would do is he would write a check, and that would be the end of it because he wants to get back on on with his campaign. The idea of him being on trial before a jury and everybody testifying, all of the witnesses the prosecution would call, TJ, would be for one purpose and one purpose only. And that's not to convict him, but to humiliate him, to embarrass him. They would call Stormy Daniels. They would call everybody who knows Stormy Daniels and everybody who could testify to the affair itself, everybody who could testify to uh, any promises that are made. It would be a nonstop, I don't know how many days or weeks it would take, but it would be humiliating to Donald Trump to be sitting in front of a jury trial and a jury trial, which, of course, would harm him, their belief is, in a... You know, in a primary campaign, in a primary season. So I can't see that scenario playing out. I can't see him going to court. I can't see a jury sitting for this because President Trump would never, his campaign would never allow that to happen. It would be devastating. Yeah. And, and you know, Bob, if they, they had the opportunity to kick it to get their publicity to, with the grand jury, nobody ever thought the grand jury would indict him. But oh, they yeah, did. they did. Who, who, said, who didn't think that? The I grand jury was always going to indict. It's Alvin Bragg. You have to know the grand jury process. Alvin Bragg is the prosecutor. He controls what information the grand jury gets before the grand jury decides whether to indict or not. No defense attorneys are allowed to present information to the grand jury to say, no, here's why he shouldn't be. It's only up to the prosecutor. So that was always going to come. That indictment was always going to come as long as Alvin Bragg wanted it to because he can manipulate the grand jury. I I, I was surprised. I'll have to admit, I was surprised the grand jury because there was nothing there. I mean, even with uh, him heading it up, there was nothing there. But they've reached the point of no return now. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying, Bob. Well, no, they, that well, that they, part that part is true, my forward. friend. Yeah, no, that that point is true, and they have crossed the Rubicon, as it were. And thank you, TJ, for the call. But people need to know the grand jury process. This was always going to come out of the grand jury, but uh, as long as Bragg wanted it to. The only chance that it wouldn't have resulted in an indictment is if Bragg said, "I can't push through with this thing." My predecessor couldn't do it. Uh, you know, the fed, feds couldn't do it. The FEC didn't file any charges. I can't make this stick, so I'm going to be embarrassed if I lose, so I'm not going to push it through. That is the only chance this had to not becoming an indictment. If Bragg was was uh, was committed to it, then the grand jury was always going to follow the, uh, the, the prosecutor's lead in a case like this. Guaranteed. And I speak from experience as a former... Uh, grand jury uh, uh foreman myself so uh okay it's uh let's see diane and bay village next hi diane go right ahead hi bob how are you i'm good um, thank you good if bragg can go after trump on campaign uh, uh payment to stormy daniels what's going on with hillary when it's been document documented and proven that she used campaign funds 
for that fake dossier. Um, I don't get that. And second of all, I don't always like what President Trump says. However, with the amount of pressure that's being heaped on him, I can look the other way, and I am behind President Trump 1,000%. And his lawyers surely should be able to make this go away ASAP. I think they will. I, and, and that's, that's what my like, most likely scenario. Thank you for the call, Dan. That's my most likely scenario is this is going to get dismissed. It won't go to a verdict. It won't go to a plea agreement. I think it's going to get dismissed on its face, but, um, it's going to take a little bit of time. Once discovery is made and once, to, once, uh, discovery is presented to the defense and, uh, you know, his team with Takapina and crew get an idea of what they have and what they're trying to charge, which we won't know until the arraignment today. Once the arraignment happens, and the defense attorneys are allowed to find out exactly what they're going with and what their evidence is, that's when they can pick it apart point by point, and I think it'll ultimately be dismissed. Um, that's you know, Obviously, if it isn't, then we're going to have a, an entirely different fight on our hands, but that's what I think is going to happen, at least for right now. That's where I sit at the moment. Let's pending further information that is going to be given today, this afternoon during the, indi- uh, during the arraignment. Um, 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. It's open lines today on the Trump indictment. What do you want to say? What do you want to say about what they're doing to him, what they have done to him? What do you want to say about how it has impacted you and your decision-making, perhaps in this primary season? Any thoughts are welcome on Always Right Radio. We'll be back. Going to talk a little bit more after the bottom of the hour about uh, what uh, Diane just brought up, too, about Hillary. Not enough people are talking about what Hillary's campaign paid for when it comes to that Steele dossier and the fact that they were busted and fined by the FEC for it. Not a word. No criminal charges. But they're going to try to charge Donald Trump? The FEC isn't doing it, but a local Manhattan district attorney is? It's impossible to square that. So I'm glad she brought it up. I'll talk more about it after the bottom of the hour. Christian is in Willoughby. Christian, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, Bob. Good morning. Um, I would say I'm more behind Donald Trump now than ever. I was out on a limb a little with uh, DeSantis, but at this point, 100% behind Trump. It isn't justice that they're, what they're doing right now to him is absolutely a travesty. And, uh, you know... Um, the double standard it's i mean unless you're blind it's it's right in front of your face i'll tell you um very very sad day in america you know my folks are and myself we're from out of the old country from a communist country mm-hmm. and we know what it's like to be persecuted and you know what, you, what you, you know like what a banana be republic looks like don't you absolutely i mean we went back on vacation when it was still under communism, and I'll tell you, uh, feels like this now, what I see. It's very sad. Very sad. And I'll tell you, um, there's a big double standard here. You know, I mean, honestly, most people... Well, d- double there, standard is one way to say it, and the other way, my friend, it, and thank you, Christian, for the call, is the two-tiered system of justice. One tier for one side, another tier for the other side. And it is amazing how the left gets away with deciding who is on which tier. We'll be back after the break.
spreading the light of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always write radio with Bob France and the answer. I think when you boil it all down, it is it is literally, and I hate, you hate to say this, but I think it is a hatred. I think it's a revenge. I think it's like they're, they're, they've been so out to get President Trump. They First they spied on his campaign, then they raid his home. Now they indict him for a campaign finance violation when he doesn't even spend campaign funds. It's like, that makes no sense to nobody. Um, but this is, at least appears, what's going to happen later this afternoon. That was Congressman Jim Jordan who joined me earlier this morning talking about the indictment and today's arraignment of President Trump on what can only be described as flimsy and weak and pathetic charges. Uh, We don't have the specifics about how they're trying to elevate what is um, generally charged as a low-level misdemeanor in the state of New York and to lift it to the level of felony. We don't know what that underlying crime is. We'll find that out during the... Um, during the arraignment today, but I think it's pretty clear uh, that the underlying crime that really is being committed here is being committed by Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg, the left-wing Soros-linked DA, Soros-funded DA, um, he doesn't like prosecuting people that he likes. He enjoys prosecuting people that he hates. Let's examine that for just a second. Who does Alvin Bragg like? Well, one would one would think that based on his record as a prosecutor, he likes violent people. He likes violent criminals. He likes criminals that commit crimes like robberies, armed robberies. He likes thieves, people who commit uh, crimes of of theft and looting in uh, in various properties. He likes people who assault. He likes people who. Uh, harm other human beings. And the reason we know he likes these people is because he refuses to charge and prosecute these people. People he doesn't like are people like Donald Trump, who harmed no one, who is a threat to no one, who is not uh, out on the streets committing violent acts. He's the one who's got to go. He's the guy that we've got to put all of our resources in. You want an example? So I'm not just making stuff up here. Alvin Bragg has built his entire record on refusing to prosecute actual felonies while trying to do some legal gymnastics to create a felony for Donald Trump where one does not exist. Bragg has decreased felony convictions, dropped felony charges, and downgraded felonies to mere misdemeanors, never bothering to request even bail for suspects accused of felonies to be set free. He's only been in the office since the beginning of 2022, so just a little over a year. And he ran on a promise not to prosecute suspects for marijuana misdemeanors, turnstile jumping, otherwise known as theft, trespassing, driving with a suspended license, license, prostitution, resisting arrest for non-criminal offenses, and obstructing the work of the New York City Police Department. So that means you can get uh, into the face of an officer, you can obstruct their official business and not be charged by the local DA. The... Uh, District Attorney, when he was the candidate for this position, this far-left Marxist prosecutor, received about a million dollars 
a million dollars from the Color of Change pack. That's the one that is owned by George Soros. He got a million dollars from uh, from that pack uh, at the time, and Soros's relatives also donated directly to Alvin Bragg outside of the pack. In his short tenure now, just over a year as district attorney in Manhattan, here's some of the data. Last year, Bragg's office downgraded the majority, 52% of felony cases to misdemeanors, ensuring that suspects faced minor charges despite initially being charged with felonious crimes, for example, or for comparison, rather. Just 39% of felony cases in Manhattan were downgraded to misdemeanors in 2019, even as former District Attorney Cy Vance advanced a far-left agenda of his own. Only 39% of the cases were downgraded. But under Alvin Bragg, 52% of them were downgraded. Now, this is one far-left district attorney to another. But that lets you know how radical Alvin Bragg is. Again, it tells you where his priorities are. The skyrocketing number of felony charges downgraded to misdemeanors is keeping with his campaign promises, which, of course, he were made with the backing of George Soros. Immediately after taking office, Bragg sent a memo to Manhattan District uh, Attorney staff urging them to downgrade felony charges like armed robberies to misdemeanor petty theft and petty, petty larceny. So suspects will not spend more than a year in prison if they're convicted. In another example, Bragg offered a sweetheart deal in June of 2022 to a Marcus Wright who was charged with grand larceny after robbing almost $1,400 worth of merchandise from a boutique in downtown Manhattan. This, this guy, a career criminal with 36 arrests on his criminal record at the time, was allowed to plead down from grand larceny to misdemeanor petty larceny and was freed from police custody. Less than a month later, Alvin Bragg's little buddy, Marcus Wright, was arrested for randomly punching a woman in the face. For the assault, Wright was freed again without bail. Thanks to New York State's uh, bail reform law, which was supported by Alvin Bragg. So do you understand where I'm going with all this? Alvin Bragg takes violent career criminals and gets them out of felony charges, like he's a defense attorney instead of the freaking prosecutor. He gets them out of felony charges and down to misdemeanor. And now here comes Donald Trump, who if, if he even paid Stormy Daniels a nickel, and if those funds came from a campaign account, none of which... According to what we have been, what we have learned is true, but even if it did happen, that would be a misdemeanor. And Alvin Bragg wants to combine it with some other underlying crime in order to elevate it up to the level of felony. So I want you to ponder, you had to to kind of soak all of this in in total. A guy who makes his living dropping felony charges to misdemeanor charges for career criminals, people he likes, is literally doing the opposite, taking misdemeanor charges and elevating them to felonies for somebody that he hates. In all of last year, 2022, 
Alvin Bragg's Manhattan DA's office refused to prosecute more than 1,100 felony cases in Manhattan. That's a 35% increase in felony cases that the DA's office has declined to prosecute compared to 2019 when they declined to prosecute fewer than 830 cases. Even in felony cases where Bragg's office did prosecute, only about half were convicted, and just 1,200 suspects convicted received prison sentences. By comparison, in 2019, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office saw suspects convicted 68% of the time in the felony cases. Over 1,700 got prison sentences. That means under Alvin Bragg, the defense attorney masquerading as the prosecutor, felony convictions were down almost 30%, and convicted felons going to prison were down 34%. He also slashed the conviction rate for suspects accused of misdemeanors. Last year, only 29% of suspects charged with misdemeanors were convicted, compared to 53% in 2019. The prosecutor who wants Donald Trump out of the presidential race, and let's again remind everybody why we're here. This is an attempt at election interference to stop the front runner for the Republican nomination from being able to run. The man who is doing this relied on New York's state bail reform law to spring suspects from jail without them ever having to pay a nickel of bail. As part of the agenda... He asked his office to seek only pre-trial or to only seek pre-trial detention and prison sentences for crimes like homicide, sex crimes, domestic violence felonies, public corruption, how about that, and causing physical harm using a deadly weapon. The result, it, the reason I said, how do you like that? Public corruption is exactly what he's engaging in right now. The result was a dramatic increase in suspects getting released from jail almost immediately after committing felonies. In 2022, for example, Bragg requested bail for felony suspects in only 49% of cases, compared to the three years prior when bail was requested in 69% of felony cases. So, in other words, and, and let me just throw one last one at you. Last year, Alvin Bragg's office charged two Mexican drug cartel smugglers with misdemeanors after they were found with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth. And because these Mexican drug cartel smugglers were found with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth, and the charges were lowered down to misdemeanors, they were released without bail. Where do you think they went? What do you think a Mexican drug cartel smuggler who gets caught and arrested and is released, where do you think they went? Do you think they went back to their cartels and saying, whew, that was a close one. I can't run that risk again. We're, 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 we're resigning our positions with the cartel. We're no longer going to smuggle for you. Boy, they're tough up there. You think that's what they did when they went back to Mexico? Or do you think they went back laughing they popped us with 1.2 mil of meth and didn't do anything and let us go. When's the next run? So you understand the point I'm trying to make here. Alvin Bragg does not prosecute actual criminals in New York. 
but he saved up all of the ammo that he's going to use to fire, proverbially and figuratively, of course. Got to say that in this, this age. But he saved up all of his ammo to point and fire directly at Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump, who is accused of only misdemeanors, he is trying to elevate into a felony. And those who commit felonies in New York, well, they get their charges dropped down to misdemeanors in Alvin Bragg's world. Quick time out. I'll be right back. Okay, 1053, Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. We have open lines today on the Trump indictment. Not saying I won't take a call on another topic, but... um, at 2.15 today, things change. Things change in our country. 2.15 is when the arraignment of President Trump is scheduled to take place in the Manhattan courtroom. Uh, there will not be live cameras allowed, we understand. Uh, no live feeds, but there will be uh, um, photographers and other press allowed in the, in the uh, courtroom. But they will not be able to broadcast it live, which is unfortunate because I want everybody to be able to see everything that happens there with full transparency so that we know exactly how evil... Um, this really is, and what is being done to Donald Trump. Tanya's in Akron. Tanya, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Hey, Bob. Just, I uh, just wanted to say, you know, when we get to a place where it seems like everything is dark before the dark, we have to remember, yeah. I want to give everybody some hope. This is Passion Week. This is a week that Jesus died and he was resurrected. They are trying to crucify from all four corners. And he came, he's testifying to the truth. That's what God said he came for. Not saying the defame or anything, but the truth does not die. You preach the truth. We're going to have more audiences around the world and everywhere else, even though he may not be able to speak it if they put the gag order on, the truth will get out. And we have to have hope. And we have to pray. And that is how we, that's how we went back. We went back just like our founding fathers did, on our knees, willing to fight, as Nehemiah praying with a weapon in our hand, not a violent weapon. We're not talking about attacking him, but but we're we're prepared to defend the truth, the truth, that they're liars. And it will be revealed. So that is that's my hope. It may not seem like it, it, we're we're ready for it. It's going to happen. Looks like they win, but they they're liars. Enough truth is coming, and it's going to roll over them like crazy. That's all I have to say. All right, Tanya. Thank you for the call. <clears throat> um, a little more a little more somber than I'm used to from Tanya. I'll just say, put right out of the blank, uh, right out of the uh, the the um, uh, right off the jump. I guess I'll say, uh, I'm 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 uncomfortable with the opening characterization of Passion Week, and this is the crucifixion of Donald Trump, crucifying Donald Trump, crucifixion. Where did I come up with crucifixion? Wow, I just invented a word. Beg your pardon. Uh, I don't like that, and I don't like that comparison. Uh, I don't think it's apt uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, what is being done to Donald Trump is wrong. What is being done to Donald Trump is what you just said, what Tanya just said, indeed, uh, about the truth. Uh, They're trying to create fiction. They're trying to tell lies in order to harm someone. 
in order to try to stop him from becoming president of the United States. Um, so it is about truth, and we should pray for truth to win. I agree with that, too. Just uncomfortable with the characterization of really anybody. It wouldn't be just Donald Trump, but anybody. Um, with respect to Passion Week and Easter Sunday, you know, obviously Holy Weekend coming up uh, before Easter Sunday, and uh, I just I'm just not comfortable with that part of it. Look, we all um, have something to lose here if President Trump is allowed, or if they are they are allowed to continue to persecute him in the way that they are politically. Um, we all have something to lose here, but it's a very, very different uh, type of loss than we would have felt had we not actually, uh, had our Savior not actually stepped up and did what needed to be done to to save us all. Let's put it that way. What's going to happen that we commemorate uh, and we and we feel uh, this weekend as we talk about the the passion of of our Christ of of our Lord. Um, and his necessary suffering for our sins and his resurrection for our salvation is is a little bit different than what we all have to lose in the in the in the current case. So that's all I'll say in response. Everything else, I completely concur. It is um, this is this is uh, this is about truth, and this is something we should pray for the right outcome for. If they can come after any one of us in the way that they are, particularly somebody who wears a badge that says former president, there have only been 46 of them in the history of this country. How many millions and millions and millions of people have become Americans, been Americans, lived as Americans, and died as Americans? Only 46 of them get to call themselves president of the United States. If they can do this to him, then yes, they can do just about anything they want to you. And that is a huge, huge issue. It is something that we absolutely do stand to lose if we don't uh, head this thing off and if we don't get this thing dismissed and if Trump's attorneys don't get this thing dismissed. I just don't want to compare it to something else. Uh, We'll take a time out here at the top of the hour for our newscast. On the other side of that, again, uh, we're going to stay on the open thread page, if you will. Anything you want to say about the indictment, about Bragg, I'm going to come back to Diane's comment about Hillary Clinton and what she got away with with respect to payments for the um, the uh, Steele dossier and more. The two-system, t- two two-tiered system of justice, I'm trying to say. Uh, you want to talk about any of those things, we'll take your calls. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We'll be back. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by KeepingMedicareSimple.com and The Floor King. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. 
Hour number three is underway now. It's seven minutes after 11 o'clock. Good Tuesday morning to you. Uh, It is the fourth morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. We've got a lot of people on hold who want to talk about uh, President Trump today. He is going to be, again, I've got to stop referring to him as President Trump. And if you've been listening, you know why. If you haven't been, let me explain why. His status as a former president is not, repeat, not the big issue here in the indictment of him by Alvin Bragg, the left-wing DA that refuses to indict actual criminals, but um, brings these ridiculous charges against Donald Trump. It's not his status as a former president. Everybody's talking about, oh, it's historic and it's unprecedented to, uh, to uh, indict a former president. And that's true, it is, but that's not the concern here. The concern here is that he is a current presidential candidate. That makes this less than revenge against a former president we don't like and more about election interference and trying to stop somebody we don't like from being able to run and conduct a campaign over the course of the next several months in the primary season. We want to keep him tied up in court. We want to drag this thing out. We're going to file motions. We're going to move for delays, this, that, and the other. They're going to try to stop him from becoming a candidate or from, from winning the nomination. He's already a candidate. That's what this is about, and that's why it's more uh, important that we call him President Trump. It's more important for us to call him Candidate Donald Trump, because that's the danger here. All right, we're going to take a ton of phone calls here, but I do want to hit this super quick, because a caller last hour brought it up, and I uh, wanted to circle back to it. I'm going to do my best Jen Psaki impersonation here and do a circle back. Um, She brought up why it is that Hillary Clinton didn't face criminal prosecution after what she got away with and what she did. And this is a very, very good point. If you don't recall this, we found this out exactly one year ago, March of last year, so about one year ago, March 30th, 2022. The Federal Election Commission has fined both Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and the Democratic National Committee for lying about how they spent money, exactly what you're accusing Trump of right now, used to fund the now-debunked Steele dossier on former President Trump. The Clinton campaign and the DNC will be forced to pay $8,000 and $105,000, respectively, for mislabeling payments that ultimately went to Fusion GPS, which is the consulting firm that commissioned the dossier, according to FEC documents. The fine stemmed from a complaint originally filed in 2018, um, uh, filed by the uh, Coolidge Reagan Foundation, which was informed of the outcome on Tuesday, again, last year, March 30th. The Clinton campaign and the DNC paid more than $1 million combined to powerful Democratic law firm Perkins Coie, which then engaged Fusion GPS to dig for dirt on Donald Trump. Fusion GPS, in return, hired a former British spy, Christopher Steele, whose namesake dossier included allegations that Russian security services possessed a tape of Trump in a Moscow hotel room with prostitutes who were supposedly urinating on a bed where the Obamas had previously stayed. This is all, I apologize for the graphic nature of the description here, but this is what was in this dossier. The FEC said Clinton and the DNC claimed the money given to Perkins Coie to hire Fusion GPS was reported on disclosure forms as having gone toward, quote, legal advice and services end quote, rather than opposition research. So the commission ruled it had found probable cause that both the Clinton campaign and the DNC had violated election laws 
by lying about the purpose of their payments and not including detailed information about the Fusion, about Fusion GPS in the disclosure, disclosure form. So just to summarize that, Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC that supported it spent over a million dollars of campaign money to commission a bogus dossier that was intended to harm and hurt the opposition candidate, in that case, Donald Trump. They got busted for it by the FEC. The FEC fined them a combined $113,000, and everybody goes on their separate ways. Donald Trump is being accused of paying $130,000 that they claim is campaign money, which they have no evidence of whatsoever. None. They knew the money that I just described to you in Hillary Clinton's case was campaign money. But in this case, they're just accusing it of being campaign money. They've got no evidence of that whatsoever. And instead of just a fine, which is all this would be, they're trying to elevate this to the level of a felony to charge him criminally. That's what Diane was talking about when she talked about a double standard. And I correctly, you know, just expanded to the level of two tiered system of justice and the democrats decide who's on what tier donald trump conservatives on 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 the highest tier meaning they're held to the highest standard when it comes to the law hillary clinton democratic national committee occupy the lowest tier where they can get away with just about anything two tiered system of justice in play all right let's go to the phones we're going to talk to cheryl in lakewood cheryl thank you for waiting you're on am 1420 the answer go right ahead Yes, good morning. Um, I just want to disagree with something that um, Chairman Jordan said. Uh, At one point, and I have all the uh, world respect for him, Mm -hmm. uh, but at one point he said that, you know, if this continues along this uh, current trajectory, then at some point we'll have Republican DAs and Republican-led states who will start uh, looking for ways to bring lawsuits uh, against Democrats. He said, and we don't want that. And I totally disagree. We do want that. We need that. That is literally our only weapon to stop this. The, I don't know what it's going to take from Trump being persecuted and, and, and uh, illegally charged. I have a law degree from NYU, and I passed the New York bar exam. And I know that any first-year law student knows that this case should be thrown out at the procedural level on, on the, uh, the statute of limitations Lapse alone. But we don't know that that will happen because we are now at a point where we are literally in the middle of a coup to destroy this nation. So our laws and our rules mean nothing. These people can literally do whatever they want unless they know that we are willing to fight back. And that's all they care about. They don't care about the law. They care about whether one of their own might be subject uh, to the same thing that they're doing to us. So I totally disagree with Representative Jordan. I think that we have to fight back. Let, me, fight let, let, me, let me counter what you're saying right now with, um, and by the way, I agree with you, and I think Jim Jordan would agree with you. Uh, but what I, when I say counter, I, I, I think maybe clarification of what his intent was with what he said. I don't think he means we don't want to have to, you know, get judges and DAs to file charges that are, you know, weak and 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 pathetic as Donald Trump calls these against Democrats. What he's saying is we don't want to have to do that meaning we want this case to be thrown out. If this case goes forward and isn't dismissed on uh, on its merits as you just pointed out uh that it should be, 
Um, if it isn't thrown out, if it is pushed, if it, it does go to a trial, if there is a conviction, if there is a punishment, if those things happen, we're going to have to do exactly what you said. We're going to have to fight fire with fire. We're going to have to indict. We're going to have to. We're going to have to try. We're going to have to do the same thing to them that they're doing to us, and it just pollutes and corrupts the entire political system. That's what he said. We don't want to have to do. Uh, in my opinion, Cheryl, I think he's saying we don't want it to come to that. If it does come to that, it comes to that, and we'll do it. But we don't want it to come to that. We want this case to go away so it, so it doesn't become necessary. I, I fully understand. I fully understand that, and I fully agree with that part. However, <clears throat> my position is that we've already passed the Rubicon, whether or not, no matter how far they go with Trump. It's not just Trump. It's the J6 political prisoners. It's 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 parents at at, at school board meetings. It's every it's, it's Matt Taibbi uh, being targeted by the IRS at his home. I mean, it's all of these things. We have to fight back now. And I do want to just make uh, bring up one thing, and that's Charlie Kirk's um, position, which he took a few days ago, which I completely agree with. He said that what we need to be doing right now is using our Republican state DAs to target and uh, one of their sacred cows, like BLM. BLM is such a glaring target. This is not something that we would have to, you know, to fabricate uh, charges. This is an organization which, in 2020, pulled in 70. To 73, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 90 million dollars in donations. And in that same year, Patrice Cullors gave her baby daddy $969,000 of that money for a sham uh, company that he, that he had that supposedly worked for BLM. They gave another BLM um, board member $2.16 million dollars. <laughs> For a company that she has a clear conflict of interest, and at that same during that same time period, they only gave the Trayvon Martin Foundation two hundred thousand dollars. The Trayvon Martin Foundation is based in Florida. We most certainly, and the fact that they took donations from all over the country means that every state has jurisdiction to begin to investigate them for fraud. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we have to do. We have to take one of our strong DAs in one of our strong Republican states like Florida or like Arkansas and go after one of their sacred cows. And BLM, to me, is the obvious target. Yeah, I don't disagree with a single word you said, other than, of course, the cautionary note of, you know, if you do it, you're, you're you know, you're, 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 we're all going to face, and those who push this would be face, um, you know, face the, 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 the racism allegations. Um, that you just hate black people, that black lives don't matter to you, and so on and so forth. Now, I get your point because I know what BLM is. Um, I do know that black lives do matter. I also know that Black Lives Matter is a criminal, corrupt organization for all of the reasons and many more that you just pointed out. But when you, <laughs> the optics of it would be hard, I guess, Cheryl, is what I'm trying to say. The optics of filing a massive suit to tear down and destroy Black Lives Matter, the optics uh, really take what is already a divided racial country and, and, uh, and puts it's it on steroids. Investigations. It? It's investigations. It's starting investigations for uh, for an organization where the leader herself is now living in a six million dollar house, <laughs> but with with money that was donated. And this this is so. This is what I'm saying. And this is the other thing. I must say this before I leave. The reason Soros appoints all of these black prosecutors, funds all these black prosecutors. The reason that Soros funded 
BLM to such a high degree is because he knows that you white people are so afraid of the word racism that if he's got a black face in front of these corrupt organizations that white people will say, oh, well, then we can't do anything. We can't say, no, we have to fight. This is our country. I'm black. This is my country, too. And I want to save my country from the forces of destruction. And I don't care if those forces are BLM or who. I don't care what color they are. We have got to stop this thing. Or I'm telling you right now, people who don't know the history of communism don't understand how close we are to the brink of losing our country entirely. Cheryl, you're a patriot and a great, great phone call. I'm so glad you called, and I hope you call back many, many times. That was tremendous. In fact, let me end this phone call with... We will be right back. We got a Can You Dig It call from Cheryl last segment. That was outstanding. Let's see where we go from there. Um, And my call screen seems to have disappeared for some strange reason. My apologies. Uh, Can you guide me here, Jonathan? My... uh, Guy in Cleveland is next. Thank you. Guy, you are on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Hey, Bob. I listen to you every day, man. I sure enjoy your program. I just want to let you know that. I appreciate and it. I'm 100%. I'm 100% a Donald Trump fan. And listen, I, like everybody else here, they're probably all worried about this and stuff. I'm not worried about this. It reminds me of a story that was written in the, uh, actually a Bible story that was from the book of Esther. Do you remember that story? What happened uh, to Ammon? Refresh my memory. Pardon? I said, please refresh me. It's a little hard to hear. Are you are you in the garage right now? I thought I just heard a, a, a an air. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the fire changing. Yeah, gotcha, but, gotcha. Uh, if if you can if you can move any more quieter, it'll be a lot easier to hear you, my friend, because uh, I do want to hear you. Okay, let me get away. Can you hang on just a second with that boy? Just hang on just a second. Um, <laughs> hey, hang on a second, will you? Okay, one minute. Okay, so you're talking you're talking about the book of Esther. Go ahead. So Hammond, Hammond was a fellow in the Bible who was trying to do everything he could to destroy Mordecai. Whatever it was crooked or whatever, he didn't care. He was going to do whatever he had to do to destroy him. So, in fact, he got the king to approve it, too, which is like getting the uh, prosecutor and everything to approve it, too, right over there. So he decided what he was going to do was he was going to have this guy murdered, okay? So he built gallows out there. And in the gallows there, uh, when this fella... Uh, they brought him before the king and everything there. Uh, the king decided, well, he, he took a liking to the guy. So guess what? Guess who ended up in the gallows? Go on. Okay. The fellow that ended up in the gallows was Hammond. But he built the gallows for Mordecai. Okay? And uh, Mordecai, you know, since the king took a liking and everything, he said, no. So Mordecai became the king, and uh, Hammond ended up getting uh, uh, hung. So, so you're saying so, you're, so you're, 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 your parable here by going to that sco- story it's is that, come right around. It's going to come right back at That's you. what I'm saying. There you go. There you go. That's you, you brought it home. That's what I was waiting for. I'm going to let you go there, my friend, because it is a little bit tough to hear the story there through the garage sounds. Uh, I appreciate that, though. I heard the cars driving by as well. Um, so, in other words. Um, the gallows are going to be used for Alvin Bragg. It's going to be those that are persecuting Donald Trump and trying to, quote-unquote, politically execute him who are going to be the ones who suffer the death knell here. Uh, and you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe that's exactly what's going to happen. That's what should happen. 
Donald Trump said in his statement yesterday, that statement, uh, his uh, Truth Social post yesterday, he said Alfred Bragg should indict himself. Use that gallows. Use those, the, that uh, uh, you know that uh, death device on yourself because you deserve it. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen, but. Uh, Hopefully, eventually, if justice is uh, is real, it will circle around and get those who are trying to do this to him. Uh, Frank is in uh, Burke Park. Hi, Frank. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you. Hey, hey, we're right in Passion Week. I'm a Catholic, and this is also the season of Ramadan. I'm with our Muslim friends. Yes, it is. And they're fasting right now, okay? And I think it's very appropriate, the confluence of the two faiths, because this is what Trump needs. He needs support. We gotta pray for him, okay? And yes. our nation. And I want to lead the neighborhood in prayer. Can I say the Our Father, please? Sure, Frank. Go right ahead. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen, my friend. And thank you. And it's really wonderful of you to reach out to people of other faiths as well. Thank you, Frank, for the call. Uh, they are, uh, they are indeed, uh, you know, fasting and, uh, and, uh, and, and praying as they see fit. Uh, and hopefully we're all praying for the same outcome. And that is for justice. That's what I look for is for justice and for fairness and equality of opportunities and a single tiered system of justice where everyone is held to the same account as opposed to, uh, persecuting political opponents. Uh, thank you, my friend. Um, Sister Mary Grace, look at this. We're going to stay on the track. Sister Mary Grace, go right ahead. Oh, I love the children. God bless the children. I pray for them all the time. God loves you, too, Bob Franz, because you tell the truth, and you're always right, because you do your research. I do also. And I do know that they're acting like Pharisees and Sadducees. You know, that's during the time the Lord was here. You know, they actually, you know, it wasn't on a Friday. There was not a good Friday because they weren't going to do it. So they took him into court at night. This was, you know, just, you know, they said, we can't do this because we got Passover coming and all this. You know, so I'm telling you, God bless you and what you do. Well, thank you, Sister. Thank you, Sister Mary Grace, for that. I will tell you this. I need every blessing that I can get from God. <laughs> and for those willing to say a prayer for me, uh, I need it uh, as much as anybody does. And what you said about praying for, uh, you know, all of us and, and praying for President Trump, and I think Frank said that, too, he needs our prayers. He does. And again, I don't care where your po- political persuasion takes you. You don't have to vote for Donald Trump. You don't have to support him for President of the United States if you don't want to. But you better support him as a defendant in a criminal case that is being used for political purposes. You better pray for justice for those who are doing this, meaning justice that they help be held to account for what they are doing to him. And you better uh, pray, and we should, I shouldn't say better, I shouldn't admonish anybody. I hope we are all praying uh, that President Trump is treated justly. So far, he has not been. Not just in this case, by the way. He has not been treated justly since he became a candidate way back in 2015. Hard to believe. It's been eight years since he came down that golden escalator, but it is. He has not been treated justly or fairly. He deserves your prayers for that alone. You don't have to vote for him, but you ought to pray for him. You ought to support him. You ought to support the rule of law in this country. 
and its equal application and not its targeted application the way it is here. Because if they can target Donald J. Trump, as I said before, one of only 46 human beings to ever be able to call themselves president of the United States, then they can target you and they can target me. So I'll take those prayers and I'll take those blessings and I'll ask them for you in return. We'll be back. Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. Okay, 11.35. We continue now on AM 1420. The answer. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Don't forget, you missed Kirsten out today because he wasn't here. Uh, Pete's got a family thing today. He is going to make that up to us on Thursday. 11 o'clock hour, Thursday. He'll be with us from 11 to 11.45. Uh, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to go back briefly as we talk about justice and equal application of of justice. I just gave you the entire Hillary Clinton campaign scenario. They used campaign funds for illegal purposes. Uh, It was though they were busted, had to pay a fine for it, and then allowed to skip along on their merry way. Um, There is no equal justice here. They are obviously holding Donald Trump to a different standard than to anybody else. Uh, and to that end, I want to go back to the issue of the um, uh, the gag order. The gag order has not been put into place yet. It hasn't been requested yet by Alvin Bragg. It is expected that that is going to happen. While one of President Trump's uh, attorneys, uh, Joseph Tacopina, uh, addressed this last night on Fox, talking about the prospect of a gag order. You know, a- attempting to gag a United States citizen who is a defendant, not a lawyer, not a, a litigant, but but a defendant in the case. Um, you know, especially that's a First Amendment violation, obviously, but has to be balanced against a, a, a right to a fair trial. But imagine putting a gag on Donald Trump when he's the front runner for the Republican Party, um, for the presidential office, and and imagine during the campaign he's told. You know, I can't speak about the case. So when people ask him questions, he has to just say, sorry, I have a gag order. Obviously, that's not going to happen. That would directly interfere with the election, as this prosecution has already done. That would further interfere with the election. There's no scenario where that's going to happen. I'm sure of that. I don't think that's even going to be requested. Let's hope it's not. Uh, According to a lot of other legal experts, however, and sources close to Alvin Bragg, it is something that they are considering. And I just want to say this to put a cherry on top of what uh, Joseph Tacopina said. It would be a violation of the First Amendment for any defendant to have a gag order uh, put put uh, upon them in uh, uh, the case of a of a criminal trial like this. Um, they have to be able to say things to defend themselves, particularly if the prosecution is allowed to speak publicly, thus potentially tainting a jury pool. Right? That that would be for anybody. But as Tacopina said, especially when the defendant is a candidate for president. And I don't care if they're a candidate for mayor or for city council or for school board. I, if you're a candidate for office and you're facing a charge that particularly you believe is egregious and political in nature, um, and people are going to publicly criticize and slam you over that charge and more, and you can't say anything to defend yourself, that is just blatantly unconstitutional. But for and by the way, Jim Jordan, I mentioned this earlier. If you missed it, issued a statement along with uh, uh, Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. Their joint statement said, "Quote: 
We are deeply concerned by reports the New York District Attorney may seek an unconstitutional gag order, order to put any restrictions on the ability of President Trump to discuss his mistreatment at the hands of this politically motivated prosecutor would only further demonstrate the weaponization of the New York justice system. To even contemplate stifling the speech of the uh, former commander-in-chief and current candidate for president is at odds with everything America stands for. It is wholly unconstitutional. He's right. They're right. But in addition to the unconstitutional aspect of this, and I brought this up in hour number one, if you missed that part, is the fact that no one will speak up for Donald Trump better than Donald Trump can. You understand what I mean? What I mean is no one in the history of the presidency has ever been treated by the press the way he has. There will be, I mean, they did the studies during his presidency, some 97% of press coverage of Donald J. Trump by the mainstream media, not counting Fox News, which is not mainstream media, that's uh, cable news, and, and that doesn't count MSNBC or NBC or, or CNN either. It's the mainstream news, network news, and then the primary newspapers. I think it was, uh, of the coverage of Donald Trump during his time in office and in his campaigns was negative. And so now he's facing a criminal trial, a ridiculous criminal trial, from a DA who's made his career taking felony charges and reducing them to misdemeanors to put thugs back on the streets, now taking misdemeanor charges and trying to combine them into a felony to take a political opponent out of a race. If, if he's going to face this kind of negative press, which is unprecedented, who's going to defend him in the press better than he can? Nobody. Nobody. No press is going to take that up. Nobody's going to provide the equal and opposite other point of view for Donald Trump better than Donald Trump can. So if Trump is not allowed to talk about what he's being charged with and about this case and about the trial and about the charges, the, 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 you know, the indictment, if he's not allowed to talk about it, they're all going to talk about it against him and he can't defend himself. It just automatically creates a mistrial if there is a trial. It automatically creates grounds for appeal. And maybe, just maybe, that's what they want. Because if there is a trial... If there's a conviction, TJ talked about this, there will be an appeal. And if there's an appeal, there will be an appeal to that appeal. And this thing will be dragged out, and Donald Trump will be consumed by this case when he's supposed to be out there campaigning for President of the United States over the course of the next uh, year and a half. So that's the other part of this. If this gag order is requested, it better be denied, because if it isn't, this is going to be an even bigger disaster than it is right now. All right, 216 I got time for maybe one or two more. Uh, Mike in Lakewood is next. Mike, go right ahead. Yeah, I just want to know, where was your righteous indignation seven years ago when the MAGA maniacs were chanting for Trump's uh, opponent, Hillary Clinton, to be locked up? She was a presidential candidate, and your whole thing is, oh, he's a presidential candidate, he's a presidential candidate. They wanted her locked up with no trial, no indictment, no judge, no jury, just lock her up. Total hypocrisy. Actually, it's not hypocritical because we weren't saying just lock her up without a trial. We're saying put her on trial and then convict her and lock her up because of obvious. I never heard a chance that said put her on trial. I heard a chance that said lock her up. Well, you... okay, Mike. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Your 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 uh, hypocrisy is matched only by your stupidity, uh, and that's just the reality of 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 you. And I know that to expect that when you call. But let me be clear. Try her and convict her and lock her up. 
doesn't make for a very easy chant. It's a little wordy, a few too many syllables. Lock her up, lock her up doesn't mean Soviet style. Without a trial, putting put her in a gulag. That is something that people like you and your political ilk believe in. You and the other Marxists out there in Flakewood, you and the other Marxists in D.C. believe in locking people up without trials. Don't believe me? Then tell me how you feel about the January 6th prisoners who have been in prison now, locked up in the D.C. gulags for two and a quarter years without trial. They didn't get trials. They just got locked up. That's what your side does. That's what your side believes. That's what Joe Biden supports. That's what everybody on CNN and MSNBC support. Their commentary is, good, let them rot. These American citizens who who committed what they call this grave insurrection, let them rot without trial. That's literally happening. To Trump supporters, right now, right now today, this is not speculative, nor is it hypothetical. It's happening right now. Your side has people locked up without trial. That's you. That's not us. A chant like lock her up means, yes, charge her. And when you convict her, lock her up. But I expect really nothing less from people like you. Thanks so much to uh, Congressman Jordan. Thanks to my team, and thanks to you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's have a great day. Be well, be safe, stay free. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.